0: Quite sad. It's, it's quite sad that um, things don't seem to have moved on a lot. I mean, you know, I, I, I did my first degree in computing, um, graduated many decades ago, and um, I remember going to the um, US, Atlanta, in fact, on a conference. Um, there was an IT conference being held. Atlanta, and I worked for a software house then. And you're talking about news coming out of America. I mean, I was just shocked at how little information um, outside of America was sort of being uh, consumed um, within America. That really shocked me because I, you know, in London, I suppose um, things are a bit more. It's more of a global outlook. Mm. Um, And so I'm not surprised in some ways that, you know, there's not much information about Africa because back then, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb, basically, because I was a black woman in IT. This was in the early 90s in the States. And um, people were confused. You know, I wasn't part of the... uh, Uh, working at the hotel (laughs) I was part of a delegation Um, so I think that's something and and that's you know decades ago so really there's a lot that needs to be done that can be done uh, to promote what's going on I mean obviously back then there wasn't social media so um (laughs) that 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 wasn't um helpful but yeah there's a lot we can do and um to promote what's going on
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we can start our uh, conversation right now. And today, thank you, um, Daniel, Aram, and uh, Joyce, uh, joining us today. And uh, we are, we will be sharing uh, the XR uh, exp- impacting various sections such as education, tourism, arts, and heritage visualization in Africa so yeah so we can start uh, talk about maybe start with education Um, yeah and uh, uh, if you want to ask any questions to the speakers feel free to unmute yourself and just jump in today is more like free form yeah so yeah so let's start yeah so education in Africa Yeah, we all know that uh, XR can really enhance the the way that people learn, right? Uh, It changes the way uh, our brain perceives the knowledge. So uh, what's happening right now in Africa um, by uh, using uh, XR technology? Yeah, any thoughts?
0: Hmm. I'll probably start just by saying that I am based in London um, and um, in the educational sector. So I'm a a visiting lecturer. Um, I'm what you call a school governor as well. Um, So I sit on the governing board of a school um, and yes, really um, passionate about education. And I I am not sure exactly how... um, exiles being used in education on the continent, but the fact that we have um, one of the largest um, youth populations, so I think the World Bank has stated that by 2040, the figures, you know, the dates keep changing, that Africa will have the the largest, like, youthful workforce on the the planet, larger than China and larger than India, Um, and what that means is that, you know, we've got the largest we've got, we've got a young population compared with the West, so the potential is immense there, um, which is why I'm very passionate both about um, education and also about the technology side, immersive technologies, because bringing the two together is so powerful and can create jobs. So it's very good to see what um, Arome and Daniel are doing. Um, because they are part of that youthful um, population on the continent. And I can imagine that um, it's very exciting, you know, for the young people there to see how they can marry um, the education, not just in the formal sense of education, but in in terms of training. Um, So, you know, VR can be used for, um, in businesses and it can use, be used for soft skills as well in the training. So I think that that's where there's a huge potential um, to, to, to make an impact on the continent. Uh,
1: any other thoughts for the XR um, uh, in Africa? Because yeah, right now I understand that. Um, yeah, just like Joy said that, because um, today I read the news that China uh, the government is releasing because before it was like a one child, you know, like a policy, right? But uh, it seems like before they open to two child, uh, two, two child's um, policy, because they find out that uh, there are too many seniors and they need like a, a, a human source, right? Uh, they need young people. They need more young people. They need, they need more babies. So they, they loosen to two, Uh, Right now, it seems like they are encouraged people to have three kids. Yeah, it's very interesting that, you know, uh, when I was in elementary school, I traveled to China, like when I was sixth grade, and I traveled to the longest uh, river, like Changjiang. Yeah. And when I was on the boat, I saw a lot of kids being swallowed. Like, it's it's just like a bad kid and looks like a small pig floating on the river. Because, you know, during that time, like I would say 20 years ago, or 30, probably 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, um, during that time that uh, they have one child policy. So if they have, you know, like girls, right, they just throw to the river. Yeah, which is super scary. When I saw that I was screaming because I saw a small human and become like, you know, so yeah, so right now, before they, they, they are overpopulation but right now it seems like they they start encourage uh, you know young couples to have more kids, children. yeah so I think because they are lacking of human resource. and just like you said that yeah that makes sense because you know in Africa, yeah, like right now you see like America, we all know that um, um, a lot of really good immigration uh, policy so kind of encourage, young human source to go to America, right? And then, yeah, nearly every country it's, you know, like lacking of um, human resource because, you know, the senior, yeah, the elders become more and more and young couples doesn't wanna have kids. So, yeah, so I think, yeah, this is a really good point. And uh, so it means that education is really, really important. Uh, for Africa because Africa might be in the future might be the main source really big source for you know the uh, human power or human resource yeah any thoughts or any any comments Aaron or Daniel do you want to have some some of your speak some of your thoughts
2: well, we can continue and can say something.
3: Great. Um, so I would first of all, Africa is dynamic, right? Africa is, um, to me, Africa is the next big thing, right? But currently, a lot of things, a lot of factors are currently hindering that progress, right? XR in Africa is quite huge, right? I remember when I started with, um, when I first had the Oculus Go device, when I experienced XR with it four years ago, right? The journey since then has been amazing, right? Even the journey for Daniel too has been amazing because we are so far tapping into a technology that's quite new, right? And um, I always tell people, right, nobody can claim to be an expert in XR. Everybody's learning, right? Everybody is learning every day, right? For me, um, especially in Nigeria, um, we are seeing more adoption of immersive technologies and also virtual solutions, right? For example, um, schools that were that were stuck during the pandemic, they moved onto virtual teaching platforms, right? And so far, post-COVID, should I say post-COVID, most of those schools are looking for solutions that can help their students learn more, right? And um, so far, we're seeing more adoption of XR by private schools, and we hope the public schools can adopt it in the long run um, with the support of some of these government agencies. And um, for us, we are really, really passionate about education and tourism. And um, one of our solutions so far is to partner with schools. right? So what we're doing is we're converting the school curriculum right, into AR, right? so supporting, supporting the teachers to um, showcase this content to the students in the classroom, either using an iPad or an Android device. Right? So for example, imagine a student learning about um, the skeleton. right? Most of them might have never seen how the skeleton looks like before. Right. With XR they can do that. And we believe this will power a lot of solutions in the future. But so far we believe if we can have an improvement in infrastructure, in power, in internet, right, it's really, really power a lot of solutions across Africa.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, so pretty much you, you were talking about uh, more like uh, in Africa. Right now uh, you guys need more like infrastructures, right? So um, what exactly right now in Africa? Because I can tell you that uh, uh, Africa is kind of like the area that I don't really know. So yeah, just uh, please forgive my ignorance because I am kind of living here and all the resource that I uh, contact, I didn't really have a lot of resources to know more about Africa. So according to your observation, and I listen to some podcasts or some news, and it seems like uh, China is trying to build some infrastructures for Africa. Is that true, or I don't know? Yeah, like do you do you want to summarize like what's what's happening in Africa? And as far as I know, the Africa probably is more South Africa that I. I, I know a little bit more probably I don't really know know anything but if you have any thoughts or like you, you know what's going on in Africa feel free to share yeah I, I believe that a lot of people just like me and especially living in America I think American they just think they are the center of the universe so that's why um, something outside of America is a little hard to um, access so any thoughts related to Africa right now?
0: infrastructure. If I may may jump in, Daniel, forgive me. Um, Yeah, I think, firstly, because I'm remembering when I was in the States, you know, the perception, let's say. So I just want to say that, you know, Africa is huge. (laughs) Okay, it's a huge continent. Um, So imagine that you can put northern and uh, Southern uh, America, China, India, most of Western Europe into Africa as a landmass, and you will still have room. It is the, the way in which the, um, uh, the atlases portray the continent doesn't depict the true size of the continent. So China, India, North, Northern America for sure, not sure about southern uh, America and some of western Europe can fit into the landmass of Africa and there's still room it is a vast continent and also um, in terms of countries there are 54 countries in Africa so when we talk about Africa I find it very hard to just keep referring to it Africa 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 because even in Ghana where my country of heritage and I'm sure in Nigeria and in Ethiopia, in Ghana, we must have, I am guessing, and forgive me any Ghanaians who are on the line. Um, I'm sure we have over 50 languages okay. wow. in one country, right? And different ethnic groups. So that's the complexity. I think Arome sort of alluded to it. That's the complexity of what we're facing with. Western, I grew up, Um, I was born in the UK but grew up um, traveling to Zambia where my father worked and Ghana where our family were and even the differences between Southern Africa and West Africa is huge, you know, it would be like going from uh, Western Europe to Eastern Europe, diversity is what, but we have a commonality in that, you know, our culture and our, you know, heritage, we have certain things that are very common. So sort of linking it back to the education and the VR, uh, sorry, the immersive technology. Um, When people are thinking about tourism, so uh, Aroma spoke about tourism, and I have been um, uh, collaborating with a a resort in Ghana and seeing how we can, what do you call it? We can we can make use of the educational aspects of their resort because next to the resorts they have you know maybe like a bird sanctuary they have a fantastic river. I'm sure um, Daniel will be talking to us about you know a lot of the cultural aspects of Ethiopia. Um, Ethiopia, for example, I, you know the, you can go skiing in Ethiopia. I'm, I did some work with the Ethiopian Tourism Board, it, uh, the country of origin. Um, lots of different types of activities that you wouldn't dream of that are education that could be done in Ethiopia that we are could exile um, could lend itself to so um, there is so much going on that's the point and that's the exciting thing about it that it's just within each country is like an ecosystem of itself with lots of things going on and what I like about where things are going, and I'll, I'll stop talking in a second, is the fact that lots of the younger people from the from across the continent are coming together, and the fusion of the different cultures um, is what's going to make it really exciting. And lastly, so in Africa, the one of the big things that's happening at the moment is the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is essentially like Um, creating Africa as a trading block. You know, most of the time, if we take tourism, for example, tourism, um, African uh, destinations used to rely a lot on tourism from the West. Okay, so places like Gambia, South Africa, Kenya, you know, I'm not sure about Ethiopia, but the, the, the most common destinations would get a lot of visitors from the West. What COVID has done is COVID has you know, stopped all of that. So now African countries, rightly so, we're looking at trading within the continent. And so domestic tourism is one of the things, and I see how XR can be used in domestic tourism because it's actually going to educate Africans about what we have as well, because a lot of people tend to travel abroad. Um, so there's so much going on, so much um, opportunity. Um, in terms of using um, XR for for the potential of the continent, I will end there for now.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, Daniel, do you wanna jump in? And I think Kevin just asked some. Yeah, I think Kevin was agree uh, with uh, with with you and saying that uh, tourism, uh, you know, is definitely a great idea for um, uh, for actually uh, in Africa, because um, yeah, those places are really beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, any thoughts, uh, comments? Uh, Daniel, do you wanna say, uh, speak something? Yeah,
2: go ahead. Okay, I can start maybe from the first question, uh, the education and maybe the future of Africa in terms of the young talents, because I, I can say a lot about the young talents, especially I'm um, a believer on that specifically and take aspect. I mean, we can start from the U.S. Uh, I mean, really, like, technology in general, like, uh, starting how the internet even started. And then those programming languages, and who are, like, the professionals in the software field. And then the Europeans came gradually, uh, I guess, Indian. Indian, they also joined the U.S. market, as you know. Even Microsoft, Google, they are now led by uh, Indian uh, people and and professionals. So at this point, I believe Africa is now uh, the next, the future place for those big giant companies, especially in tech aspect. So uh, there are different hubs and academies that I know, especially across Africa. And one of the academy that I know and I've been working for a while is uh, GABEAD. So that's, they give uh, those professional skills for an African graduates, especially uh, university graduates. Uh, so they became, they are a, a full graduate, but they don't have the professional skills to be part of an industry rated kind of um, project, or it could be some kind of tech field. So. so I, I feel like Africa is full of resource, uh, especially uh, both in uh, raw materials and also young talents and population. So pretty much the European countries and US market can get a cheap labor force out of Ethiopia, um, I mean, out of Africa. So that's what makes us at this point, uh, okay, this is a saleable idea, but if we don't leapfrog, with the concept of um, the emerging technologies like AI, IoT, XR, all those fields at this time, uh, it could not be that much uh, a great impact for a, will give an African. Uh, I mean, it gives a positive impact for an African uh, population. So I think it's we are at the um, good time to make an impact through emerging technologies, but. not only by starting startups and maybe attending a lot of events but rather than focusing on all those things we believe uh, we need to focus on uh, creating those young talents young professionals on emerging technologies because as an African there are a lot of developers professionals all over the world they do have a lot of skills Uh, they want to even contribute what they know for an African talent. So if we properly use that and uh, maybe focus on uh, utilizing this kind of technologies, hopefully we will see much more uh, innovative projects, not even in EXA. When we say EXA, it's not only uh, the power of virtual reality across different sectors, but what can we contribute to the XR world? Maybe coming up with our own headset, like we can compete with the coolest. That's how we have to uh, vision, uh, make a vision about Africa. So in education, uh, before we start producing materials or projects, having the right talent is the most important thing. So education, it has a great impact. If you just uh, put VR technology in one remote or rural uh, school and instead of uh, opening a big lab with different computers, having one virtual uh, headset could change a lot of lives, especially for um, young students because they can have access to all their um, physical trainings related uh, things. So it, it has a positive impact on their education. So that's how you have uh, a quality education for an African students. Later on, they, they gradually became uh, I mean, interested to be part of this kind of technologies. What they lack right now is most of uh, our students, they don't have access to technologies through a lot of uh, problems. It could be an infrastructure issue, it could be power issue, it could be political issue. So there are different factors. That I know, even in my country. So, if we try to just stabilize a few things and uh, bring affordable technologies like VR, uh, even at a cardboard label, it, it could have solved, I mean, tremendous kind of uh, uh, change impacts for young talents. So once they became fully interested in technology, because a lot of people at this time they got the interest, but they lack the skill set. So if we just uh fix this gap they probably tend to became uh i mean probably the next big companies that you know will emerge from africa so like google microsoft and all those big companies that has uh, great names great services products uh that's i mean it's not even me uh, that much far from now so that's the one of the base thing Uh, this XR could solve in terms of um, um, focusing on education.
0: Yeah, Joyce, yeah. Yeah, Daniel, I was uh, nodding my head. I don't know if you were seeing quite a lot as you were speaking, um, because you were uh, spot on. And um, just touching on what you were saying about skills gap uh, before then, about um, access to technology or what Africa has to offer. If we look back, um, mobile um, payments of money originated in Africa. So there was a, um, a technology called, um, a platform called Impesa from Kenya, which was taking mobile pay- payments from mobile phone. And that was the first sort of um, instance of innovation um, that was globally sort of seen in terms of technology. Now, what that enabled, because going back to infrastructure, um, even though there are lots of landline phones, which you know in the world most people don't use landline phones, when mobile technology came, um, a lot of Africans had access to um, te- uh, telephonic telephones for the first time, because you know there were problems with fixed landline phones and. So um, mobile phones enabled people to leapfrog, African nations to leapfrog, in terms of that kind of technology. And when that happened, then Kenya, with their M-Pesa, brought about the innovation of um, the mobile payments. Uh, And and then from then, from that, the West was able to then also um, progress that further. So, I like what Daniel said about leapfrogging because we've demonstrated that you know we had an, uh, a problem with the infrastructure of existing landline phones, and and Africans being innovative and the young were able to leapfrog, and produce uh, some innovation in mobile um, phone payments technology. Surely we can do the same with XR. Um, but as Daniel also said, there's a skills gap. And so, um, even though we lack the technology, uh, the infrastructure in some instances, that should not be a barrier or a limitation in terms of what we can do. Um, Already, I think this year, uh, so I'm focusing on West Africa because that's the the area of the region of the continent that I know best. Um, There's always rivalry between Nigerians and Ghanaians. Um, if we're not fighting about jollof rice, for those people that don't know what jollof rice is, it's like uh, traditional West African uh, rice. I don't know, I can, maybe it's similar to a biryani. You can add meat and all sorts to it. But everybody in West Africa claims that they do it the best. And I'll have to say Ghana's is the best, but I'll, I'll end there before I cause World War III. Um, but another, so there's friendly kind of rivalry that's going on. Earlier this year, Twitter had decided to um, base its headquarters in West Africa, in Ghana. Um, And Twitter is not the first. I know that I think Google has also got an AI um, uh, centre in Africa, and there are only five, I think, globally. So why are they doing this? They know the potential is there. They know the youth population is there. And as Daniel uh, mentioned, if we have all these big companies based on the continent wanting to develop the skills and the training of the young people, then that gives room for the the capacity building and for the creativity and the innovation. It creates that kind of ecosystem for that to happen. So I think naturally that is going to come about and there's so many use cases um, for the XR technology, that once people um, have a certain level of understanding of how these technologies can be leveraged um, to solve societal or, or organizational problems, then the the you know the future is very bright. So um, yeah. All we need to do, they're good signs already. We've got these, these multinationals coming in, big tech companies based on the continent, different countries, so not just South Africa. You know, People, when they're thinking about Africa, they're thinking South Africa, they might think Kenya, but really they are making inroads to acro- uh, across the continent, which is very good, good for the young people. And with that, I believe that we're going to be able to leapfrog um, in terms of the capabilities, despite the infrastructural um, um, challenges, just like we did with uh, mobile technology. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, everyone.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Feel free to uh, talk.
4: Thank you. Uh, my name is Gabriel and um, I'm from Nigeria. I'm a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, I I also have interest in XR and um, VR technologies. Uh, Very recently, I had the opportunity to mentor, to be a mentor in um, AR VR Africa, Mm -hmm. organized by incd 3D. So what I would like to say, as part of my contribution, is um, flowing from where Joyce just stopped. Mm -hmm. I find out that for there to be mass adoption of any particular thing, especially the AR, VR technology, there has to be quality education. And education in this, in this sense is not going to schools. I mean, awareness. Um, if we're gonna see um, a greater, uh, higher penetration of um, the VR technology, then there has to be this awareness, which I think is kind of lacking in the region, a lot of people don't know. Like, like I said earlier, said flowing from what Joyce. Has said a lot of people don't know what benefits um, this VR technology can actually bring, and that's because we've not had so much um, use cases. A lot of people. So once we begin to have this awareness, um, even um, taking it down to to the government, um, to 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 those in government, you know, we would have a more adoption of the uh, VR technologies and th- because there's so much um, potentials in Africa, Nigeria, Ghana and the rest of the c- uh, countries in Africa. So that's what I would like to just chip in. Awareness is key for mass adoption. Awareness and sensitization is key.
0: Thank you. Gabriel, um, thank you so much. I oh, sorry, sorry, Arame, I'm going to mute. My-
3: Okay, great. Um, so Gabriel, um, I'm happy that you're talking about awareness because awareness is quite it's quite important, right? Especially for us here in Africa, right? And um, if you notice, we have a lot of we have a lot of XR committees spread across Africa, West Africa, North Africa, East, and also the Southern Africa, right? What I believe is for us to have mass adoption and also improve on awareness of this technology, right? We have to start from the ground up, start from the schools, get the students, get them started with 3D content development as early as possible, right? Getting them started with at least the basics of XR. And if you notice, accessibility and also awareness is also a problem, right? And so far we have um, big companies like Facebook, uh, Unity, or or so far supporting um, development of XR in Africa. We have close to... 12 VR BR BR-supported labs across Nigeria. Also, won a grant from Oil Engine right to build his um, solution that he's working on currently with Texa. Right. So to have more more of this, we need more support. Right. And we need to also build um, the talent level from ground up. Right. Reaching out to the schools, talking to them, talking to the administrators to, to, to allow the students to learn the basics of this technology will really help. With um, awareness and also adoption.
0: Thank
4: you very much. I agree.
1: Cool. Uh, Joyce, do you wanna? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Arome, that's you made the point very very well there. Um, it's and 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 you're right about starting with the with the young in schools. Um, you know, even if it's just starting in terms of. Um, you know, the gamification side of things, uh, just for them to, to get used to. And in fact, I'm sure that, you know, they, they already, the, the young, a certain um, uh, section of the, the young, obviously the youthful population, the children, I should say, will have some knowledge of AR and VR, because, um, you know, if, they, if they're using their, um, the PS4s and the, you know, for gaming, they already know of some of the um, platforms, you know, where um, AR and VR sort of are being used from. So th- there's that awareness, but public awareness. In order for the going back to Gabriel's point, mass adoption, um, it needs to start from there. But I think that's where you know those of you on the ground, so Daniel Narome, um, you know, using the um, the communities, the XR communities, even so, whilst the um, maybe the projects are not that um, in, in, in abundance yet, you know, hasn't sort of hit, you know, uh, huge numbers. Um, during this period, I think that's when um, grounds can be gained with um, the education, making the awareness, you know, the uh, side of things. Um, so, and I, you know, I'm more than happy, um, as I said, very passionate about the education side and and, and, and ensuring that people... Um, you know, feel, um, you know, comfortable with the technology and know um, how, how it can be used. I think that's where, you know, we've got quite a, a role to play um, in, 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 in getting that mass adoption. So, yeah, it's great that, um, Gabriel, it's a great point that you've, you've uh, mentioned, but I'm sure, yeah, as time goes on, it's, it, it's, it's been, um, it will be addressed.
1: Yeah, Thank you, Joyce. And uh, yeah, as for um, that, let let me summarize it. um, Yeah, a little bit. Uh, So pretty much as for um, Africa, because of the youth, right, a lot of uh, human resource, the future human resource will be in Africa. So yeah, the education is definitely very important. And just like Gabriel said that, uh, in order for education to, you know, to become, you know, the um, the, the dominant or like a very important things, it needs to be mass uh, per, uh, you know, like uh, accommodation or, you know, at least everyone needs to receive some certain of uh, quality of education in order for the future resource to be, you know, really powerful in uh, Africa. And also, yeah, uh, I think uh, Kevin, before he mentioned that uh, the tourism in Africa will be definitely a really great, um, uh, you know uh, point and also industry and also Joyce mentioned that uh, actually Africa is like 50 more than 50 languages right
0: yeah I, uh, 54 countries each 54.
1: yeah wow so yeah so yeah that that's amazing because I know two languages I know um, uh, Chinese and I know Mandarin and I know English and I think wow it's already a lot but how, how many uh, languages do you know Joyce
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's where um, I know one. I but you know, like I said, in Ghana, you can have maybe fifty different wow. dialects, and I'm sure in one country. So there are wow. fifty-four countries where each country can have in the tens of you know languages. Nigeria, for sure. I'm sure Ethiopia, we have lots of different languages within one country. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I think Asha has a question. Uh, she thinks that uh, education should be the right uh, and not uh, privilege. Um, she really agreed that uh, large, um, yeah, like all the, the, the countries, um, you know, education play a lot of roles because, you know, if you want a lot of good uh, quality human resources, you need to educate them, right? So yeah, Arshia, if you want to share your thoughts, feel free to unmute yourself and just, yeah, feel free. Yeah, this is a free form. Arsha, do you want to share some of your thoughts? And I,
5: I like your writing. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Arsha. I'm a Design Lab student and currently working as analyst. So uh, I agree with Joyce that uh, how big tech companies are playing a greater role in educating other countries, uh, like the developing countries, uh, for example, India, and also uh, Africa now as we are discussing now. So I just saw the latest news that uh, Eon reality is a multinational company. Uh, uh, They are playing a larger larger role in providing education to African uh, uh, students. Like they have been working 15 years and uh, that's because maybe they have found potential to the young, uh, I mean, they have seen young people uh, and they thought that, yes, maybe there's a room to uh, make other students grow, uh, especially African. So, yeah, that's how Eon Reality uh, is a company uh, which is helping and uplifting and uh, upskilling the African communities. Uh, that's, what, that's all I want, uh, I want to share. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very good. Thank you, Asha. Yeah, -hmm. thank you. Yeah, I didn't even know that. And I will take a look of uh, young uh, uh, reality. Yeah, thank you for sharing uh, with us your um, valuable information. Yeah, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, so um, yeah. um, Anyone wants to talk about arts, heritage, visualization in Africa? Yeah, so this is kind of like, yeah, as far as when I heard, when I think of Africa, I remember one time I read a book, it seems like in some African country, country, uh, countries, right? And they have like, just for green, this color, they have different ways, like at least of a decades of, you know, like a few hundred ways of describe the, the concept of green, because, you know, like in Africa, I think color play a really important role. So if you I don't know, like when I watch like the National Geographic, when I see Africa or like the picture videos in Africa, it's all like the color is so vibrant, right? Um, Unlike, you know, some, I don't know, like um, if you go to China and all the paintings in the ancient times, all black and white, right? It's it's like a culture thing. So in Africa, when I see a lot of really um, like all the crafts, it's all really colorful. So I think this is a really good yeah, point. And uh, any thoughts um, um, related to arts, heritage, visualization in
0: Africa? Okay, I'll try and make it um, um, brief. But I, I like that observation of yours, Dom, about color because I think that's something that um, you know, Africa, it, the culture is very vibrant. Um, I remember, you know, when I was younger and I used to go to the continent, predominantly Southern Africa and West Africa on holiday, and it never seemed to uh, fail to, to strike me. Anytime I would go back to the continent, you know, all our colourful, um, what we wear, you know, the food is also colorful, everything is very bright and colorful. And every time I came back, especially in the winter, I always found it very hard to adjust, you know, men in gray suits and, um, you know, the, the the grayness and the dullness of it all. So in terms of arts and culture, we have so much to offer. Um, one of the things that has really sort of taken off in the last mean, I suppose decade let's say, is African art. So African art internationally is huge and we have so many renowned international artists. Um, we've always been known for music, um, but you know the art and the richness of the art is immense. Um, I'll leave Arome to talk about the heritage side of things. But I've also been involved with um, working with uh, an organization in Sierra Leone in West Africa, looking at the heritage there. Um, We have, you know, in West Africa, a lot of like UNESCO, so World um, Heritage Sites Um, in Ghana, for example, in 2019, the Tourism Board um, came up with a, uh, a massive and a brilliant marketing campaign to promote um, Ghana as the place for people in the diaspora to come home, homecoming. And they amassed a lot of um, uh, visitors from outside the continent to come and see the forts where the slave trade took place. Um, And so then we've got lots of heritage sites, not just those kind of sites, but in terms of natural and physical um, environment kind of assets, uh, so really, the, in terms of the um, in, uh, environment that we're living in now with the pandemic, um, it makes it even more pertinent and more urgent to use this time again to, to promote these assets that the continent has to and using VR and XR, um, XR will lend itself to um, helping educate people about the um, resources that the continent has so that people can, I like to say, to to try it before they decide to go and visit it in person. Um, So, you know, the timing, there's always that silver lining and this is a good time for this emerging industry to make use of these technologies to promote um, the opportunities on the continent.
1: Yeah, thank you for Joyce, um, like sharing. Yeah, I think uh, heritage just by, uh, you know, uh, traveling uh, in the virtual world before uh, going to the actual place is definitely help. And uh, yeah, and any thoughts, Erin or Daniel, any feedback or anything you want to add?
6: I
2: think I can add something since we are also involved in heritage and tourism aspect. Hello, don't. Yeah, oh, hi, yeah, okay. sure, yeah, okay. So, I mean, um, there is like uh, one of the great potential for Africa, besides like the education sector, is tourism, where yeah, in Africa is full of history, cultural difference, and like mentioned, there are a lot of different dialects all over the country. And I can say, uh, if you see the the stats on VR and AR kind of um, services, projects, or even products, almost 40% of it is involved in gaming. So for games, you need contents. And if you have seen most of the games, it's like um, they are not based on a real place, or it's like a fictitious kind of. Uh, imaginary places or planets, spaceships but if you come to Africa there is still untouched kind of, I mean untouched areas, unknown places with awesome cultures that we can share uh, to the world and it will it it has like two impacts one, it fills the gap uh, of those content creators to come up with some creative idea so they can just Put it inside their games or promote and maybe uh, just sell that product and get much more revenue. That might be their goal. But if you come to the African market, it's one way of uh, promoting African heritage sites. Uh, if you come to the Ethiopian aspect, I think I can say 90% of the country's uh, tourism promotion for abroad uh, countries is done by our uh, airport, I mean, airlines. It's called Ethiopian Airlines. It's well known. And uh, it's one of the uh, the one institution promoting one country's culture and also places. Uh, they got different magazines, they got different cultural uh, things happening all over the, their airports or uh, you know, their destination. But if we try to digitalize, those historical sites in a way uh, that is immersive for the customers and also much more cheap. Uh, I think a lot of people could be interested to come and visit Africa in general. So the big the big problem in Africa is um, lack of foreign currency. So you know, how do we generate foreign currency and sustain The development of uh, the African those African countries so in my opinion uh, the reason why we focus on tourism apart from those different sectors like health or any other fields is uh, I think even Gabriel said it's really hard to uh, convince a lot of people and also different institutions and give that awareness that VR is impactful but Uh, Our business model is not to target the whole um, community or certain urban areas, but instead let's focus on convincing some government bodies or investors who could help us to bring VR into uh, those cultural heritage. I mean, that's a time-sensitive question. If we keep waiting to give an awareness, we might lose a lot of chances like uh, we might lose the opportunities to collect what we want on time. Uh, even COVID teaches us a lot. I heard uh, VR and AR talents and those kind of services increased by 400% in US market. But if you come to Africa, literally the tourism sector goes down and a lot of uh, jobs were lost. That is really terrible to hear. But I work for a UK company and in three months, we released one virtual tour, which is not even in UK. It's somewhere else. And we got some sales. So there are some business models works in uh, European or US countries, but some of those little things could even change people's lives in Africa. So maybe you could have a virtual tour, guides, so they can sit where they are in uh, promote the, those places if we if we make those places available in a VR or in, in a digital kind of way uh, I, I have one based example over. Um, whenever I go to any place or whenever I share some of the inside and heritage in Africa uh, Syria is a good example for Ethiopia or even for Africa because there are a lot of historical places, but through some kind of political things, they got destroyed. So are, are we going to wait until the government should approve our idea or should we just do it by our own initiatives? Because uh, this is not a fictitious place. It's even tales how humanity starts. That's that's not something negotiable. A lot of books uh, took, uh, they got, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of European Uh, medical books maybe their reference could be an African place and humanity if you come to that that is also one thing all those cultural diversities diversities and uh, beliefs uh, so if you track them down their uh, origin could be uh, in Africa so tailing that to the youngest uh, population of Africa will uh, change a whole uh, through a whole new level in terms of giving them uh, the motivation they require, especially in technology. They don't even know what their ancestors been doing back in like hundred years ago. Uh, do you know like car parking a car was not even invented like recently? Because I know a place uh, here in Ethiopia that they used to park their horses. So they built this place only for horses just to park their horse and just join some kind of meal so all those traditions those musical things even library the concept of libraries uh, if you heard like it's been here for the past maybe a thousand years it's really awesome kind of thing so we are trying to bring uh, hidden uh, knowledge to the world at the same time uh, just changing the lives of Ethiopian or any other African citizens by generating good revenue. Just one example I want to give. Uh,
5: uh,
2: currently, the Ethiopian Airlines uh, they they uh, there are like around 12, 12 million transits in a year uh, coming to Addis, and our visa system is a bit. Uh, uh, not easy so a lot of them will just stay at the airport and uh, will leave this country in three hours or eight hours but during their stay they don't have access to learn about Ethiopia. but if we just charge them one dollar per one kind of maybe we have to experience it could last for 10 minutes imagine uh oh if one million place this VR experience or just had this experience in a year, we could generate $1 million in a single place with one VR headset. So you think this is like a simple mathematics or a simple business? It's a huge opportunity. If we target a lot of airports across Africa, uh, just by promoting culture, tourism, and maybe some kind of experiences, that could change a lot of things so what we are trying to do is we are not uh, making those places just available online without adding some touch like so we modify it by gamifying the content itself so people could have that as an easiest way to learn about those places and also the experience could be more applicable in all areas especially for kids and uh, adults that's our main goal and in a state of uh focusing on business to consumer related products we are we tend to focus on business to government and business to business related vr projects we see that it has a good impact across africa and this all depends on the policies of government that's why we are trying to partner up with all startups across africa i know uh, Arome, I know uh, a Kenyan team, like uh, they are called the Black Rhino, we are trying to come up with a unified, uh, systematic way of uh, convincing African governments. Even the AU headquarters is based in Ethiopia, so it's really easier for us to reach out and uh, tell what we envision for Africa. Because those people, they don't, they are like far from technology, and they want to see some concrete evidence in uh, their African professionals. So we are, uh, when we had a chance, I mean, when we won an Epic Mega Grants uh, on January, it's, it gives us a lot of things because now the governments, okay, they said they don't even trust this one, but someone from US, which is well-known in gaming, uh, gave a grant for um, uh, a startup based in Ethiopia, which is not even two years old. That's something big. So if we focus on uh, convincing those government policies, if they are going to support the startups, probably all these things could be solved easily in tourism and heritage aspect. One thing to add on top of this is investors. Because all those ideas uh, could be uh, seen if we get the proper investors. When you come to the African uh, investors, I mean, investors which are based in Africa, they don't want to invest that much on emerging technologies at all. That's my, it's not, I'm not concluding, but it's not that much uh, interesting for them to invest on VR or AR or AI. But uh, if it is like mobile money, like we mentioned, since it's a proven business, they might be interested. So we have to encourage uh, those potential investors, especially in this field, so that we can accelerate in uh, progress in this uh, VR services across Africa. I think I see it a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Daniel. And I think Joyce and Ch- Ch- Chikari, oh, so, so if, if I pronounce your name wrong, sorry, yeah, uh, feel free to jump in and share your thoughts, comments, and ask questions or answer. Yeah, feel free free for Yeah.
0: Um, Daniel, thank you so much um, for what you've just contributed there, and I can relate, last, the last time I travelled to the continent in 2019, I was actually going to um, Ghana, but I used Ethiopian, um, I know the, the, the people at the Ethiopian in, in, in London, and I, I stopped over obviously in transit, so I could relate uh, in Ethiopia. I've also had a lot of dealings with um, the tourism board when they come for WTM, which is a tourism uh, conference in globally, but they have one in London as well. Um, and so I've seen how Ethiopian tourism has developed in, in the sense of promoting the fact that uh, Ethiopia is the land of the origins. You know, we have so much to contribute to the to the blo- uh, to the world. You've got Ethiopia with all the you know, it's 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 wealth of um, natural heritage there. You've got Tanzania. I've been working the Tanzanian Tourism Board. They have um, the cradle of mankind. They've discovered recently um, some of the oldest, they believe the, the origins of mankind, and they've teamed up with um, I think um, uh, Spanish um, university or, or research body to, to you know promote that. They've got a museum there um, to give that to the world as well. So we've got so much rich heritage. Um, and I love the idea of sitting in transit cause I sat in transit at, at this um, and, 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 you know, list, um, viewing or in, immersing myself in VR just to get a, a sense of the richness and the business model is definitely that will work. Um, and also a point I wanted to make was about our traditions. So Africa, African countries, were rich normally in oral tradition So we are very good at um, verbalizing our traditions and passing it on that way. Um, And lesser so with uh, the written kind of um, traditions. So these technologies lend themselves easily. It's what we do, storytelling. Africans are great storytellers. So the synergies there are, are immense. And th- there's just so much, we have content, you know, we don't even have to imagine um, that it's just Wakanda was just easy to visualize, you know, I'm sure for them because there's so much on uh, on the continent. So this is all very positive. And what's really, you know, pleases me is how the youth are, are, are embracing, you know, what we have rather than thinking about, you know, going to the West and trying to get the experience and get the knowledge there, we can be where we are and and bring not, um, uh, what do you say, you know, share our knowledge out from the continent rather than what's been going on in the past. So those are just a few um, things. And also I'm very happy about the, where, where, about government. Now, government is always very tricky, as uh, Daniel has been alluding to. The fact that, you know, we need certain policies in place, especially for young businesses. The environment needs to be conducive in order for, you know, the businesses to thrive. But like uh, Daniel was saying, there's no point waiting. You know, there's so much that can be done. And so, you know, having um, events like this where, you know, Africans can sort of hear what's happening, this is all part of awareness and, and and education as well and where we can all come together and leverage our skills and experience and talents to see how we can become a force for the greater good of what we're trying to achieve on the continent because if people start um if the business the a startup start getting results you know uh, getting the grants, getting recognition by big um, tech or, or institutions abroad, the governments have no choice but to sit up and say, this is happening. And you know what can we do to, to, to make this happen or bring it to reality? So um, it's all very positive and I'm so excited. I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll,
1: I'll ch- ch- chicory. Um if i pronounce your name wrong please yeah uh, so yeah feel free to share your thoughts
6: okay uh good evening all uh it's uh, chikere but there's no problem chikere. You're, you're good yeah. thank you right um it's a uh, really a pleasure to be here thanks to arome that i've been following quite for a while um i've been you know trying to keep up but uh i would uh, say I would like to make one or two contributions from the eye of a novice, because I'm, I'm really uh, a novice in this industry. Uh, I really don't know much, but I'm enthusiastic about it. Uh, first, I want to talk about the issue of awareness. Uh, XR, it's supposed to you know, cut across all strata from the high class down to the common man. But from my own view, I see that the awareness is not strong. And I think it's something we need to sit down and strategize because I'm looking at the aspect of uh, like FinTech, you know, in Africa, it started and then there's a boom. Uh, now, are yeah, even, uh, Developers are even moving into def- uh, DeFi and co. But I'd say there's not much attention given to XR. So we need to find a way to get the awareness across because it's, it's not getting, you know, I have discussions with some people and are like, yeah, I have this little cardboard uh, box that I use for uh, a VR. Yeah, what is VR? And, you know, I have to start explaining Secondly, uh we need to find a way to get developers to be interested in XR and what that means is how do we how do we create um, scenarios or how do we create apps or how do we create programs that will attract developers to be interested and to see the benefits because like what I've heard from everybody, especially Daniel, you know, mentioning about, you know, tourism within a VR set and the potential that comes out of it. You know, once developers have an idea, then we can have them flooding in. And once they come in, you now see that the ecosystem begins to grow and expand, and more people will know about it. Um, lastly, I would. Uh, Want to suggest that the way we could create that awareness is to have well, I call it like labs labs in the sense that it's out for the public the people walk in and gain experiences be it games be it tourism be it uh, uh, simulations so that they have that feel and then once they have first-hand experience, they are are now interested and there you now see more people interested, more people are coming into the ecosystem, more developers are interested, there's a way they want to monetize it, fine, and then we can grow from there because if the awareness is not, if there's no uh, awareness, let me use that word, then we may still be at a, a snail pace, though. This is just my opinion as a novice. Thank you.
2: Okay.
3: Um, so I would say, um, if I'm correct. Um, so, talking of three points you just said out, awareness um, in terms of developers and also. Labs. Um, I will start with the awareness part, right? To be sincere, I run a startup and I also run an XR community. Just as you know, right? XR is capital intensive. It is capital intensive, right? You need need funding or you need you need to bootstrap for you to get some certain things done, right? And um, for us, we're just trying our best, right? Holding meetups, holding um, hackathons, right? To so just grow the community, especially across Africa. And in terms of the developers, we don't have much XR-focused developers on the continent. Most of them that are, are developers are just building solutions as a side hustle, not like full-time content development. Right. So that's why I said starting from the ground up would be great. Right. We'll have more people jumping into it. And also in terms of labs, right, just as um, Joyce also said, we need to have these big companies supporting um, the growth of this technology on the continent, just like how Facebook can also, um, Unreal Engine is also doing. We can have more of this, we can have more VR labs. Trust me, people will be sleeping in the labs, like, daily, right? (laughs) right? People will really, really be sleeping in labs daily, creating content. So it's just a matter of time, it will happen. Right, but what we just need to do is just to keep pushing and um, just as Daniel also said, um, create more awareness, right? Um I can if Joyce can also remember, right, I lost the major opportunity because the government did not give me access to curate some of the heritage sites in Nigeria, right? But I'm no longer waiting for the government, right? As soon as I have access to funding, I would actually capture this content myself. Right. And trust me, the government will come, come on and start looking for partnership. Right? So we just have to um, take up initiative and just keep it. Yeah, yeah, feel
1: free to jump.
0: Yeah, just um, and uh, Chikere, thank you um, for po- pointing that out. And Aroma, you've also um, you know, uh, given the current situation, the reality of what, what, what we're facing. Um, I, I, I made a note of um, what you said about bootstrapping, and also what Chikare mentioned about, um, you know, setting up some labs. You know, if there's an opportunity to just have a, a small pop-up, you know, store, um, you know, something that's, you know, is uh, quick and um, easy to sort of set up to just demonstrate. Um, you know, if there's an event going on in the, in the local area, I think um, we could start small um like that and um yeah uh, you know we it is it's it's, it's a, a chicken and egg kind of <laughs> it's a bit of an english i, I think experience a catch-22 um kind of situation um but you know it's just about getting momentum but what what's you know i can't stress enough i'm really happy um to hear is how the momentum is developing within the exile community itself um, and it's good to hear that you know um, end users, as it were, are also wanting to um, you know propel this 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 momentum. Um, so it's just a question of time; it will happen. Um, you know the, the enthusiasm and the you know the passion is there. Um, once we get traction on one or two fronts, then you know the, the dots will start to join and uh, it it'll it will happen. I'll leave it now for Daniel to add.
2: Thanks, Joyce. Uh, I wanna share something on uh, Chikare's point. Uh, I think he mentioned good thing, but I have some insight, especially he tries to relate uh, or just refund the fintech sector and also the movies industry. He's also an enthusiast, but I can say uh, if we just focus maybe uh, on the fintech industry, I can say maybe 90% of those banks, their technology is backed by maybe a US, Europe or a Chinese company. So we still need, uh, do we have the, the talents that exactly recreate all those things, including the infrastructure, the software, and all everything. So that is really uh, all the technology and it, it has really, really, uh, the US or Europe or any other uh, country, they have worked a lot on these sectors, but emerging technologies, what makes those uh, emerging technologies unique for Africa is we can leapfrog and challenge those uh, giant companies. That's as easy as uh, I can put in a way like to convince probably any, anyone that focuses in African market. The tourism aspect, we can still uh, focus on the physical tour guides. We can train them through VR. But the way we apply emerging technologies in Africa should be different. For example, you mentioned uh, the movies. But uh, I hope most of you know about Avatar movie. Uh, It was like uh, released, I think, 10 years. I think around 10 years back. The technology they have used... Uh, was not even known or it's not even uh, available for industry users. But after 10 years, we got a chance to use. And I can give you one example, the Lion King movie. That's how they made that movie. It's completely recorded in a virtual reality. With the right talent, we could have a chance to make or remake that kind of movies in Africa. So we can sell it for a Hollywood market or any other market, and the entertainment industry could revolutionized by the power of virtual reality. The way they have done it, it's known. We do have the right tools. Most of the tools are by this time they are open source, but it's really hard to beat the US market because they they know this kind of technology ten years ago before we even tries to understand. So when we tries to uh, try to leapfrog in terms of technology, especially in VR. We exactly um, require to develop the right skill first, just to understand how the technology works, then where to apply it first. We need to have a priorities. Uh, in most countries, uh, especially if you come to Ethiopia, infrastructure is a big issue ussd technology i think most of mobile money payments across africa uses ussd so it's well known but it's like 40 years old technology it's outdated but still it's usable in africa probably that's even what boosts the fintech industry uh, the fintech sector across african continents uh what i want to share is the awareness is still it's challenging because uh, like I said, uh, those kind of grants, recognitions from different uh, companies across the world, for an African startups has really uh, a great impact because that's what I know. But if we try to convince them, especially uh, make some kind of policies that supports uh, the, the industry, we could have everything at once. Uh, without like the right investment, like Arome said, if we don't have those kind of investors without their uh, injection, uh, I mean, their uh, contribution, the financial contribution to this field, it's really hard to imagine how we can move fast and come up with a better kind of uh, projects, ideas, or even priorities. They might have a lot of talents, but with lack of uh, resources, they tend to uh, just not to use this technology as a tool. Uh, based on my stats, there are maybe out of 100 computers graduates, how many of them uh, still, uh, I mean, be, stay on that field and work, contributes, tries to run their life in uh, uh, developing software or all these things. If you come to Africa, it's really challenging. That's, we can name a lot of reasons But if we just miss this kind of talents, the right full-minded professionals, uh, we still have uh, this kind of confusions, where to focus and how we apply the technology, uh, especially on emerging technologies. I see blockchain, I see AI, I see a lot of emerging texts. There are also different individuals, but without having a a basic necessity, especially, uh, or a basic infrastructure, for this kind of technology, it's it's harder to focus on the services itself. So we might uh, need to uh, focus on, I think uh, there are also some questions regarding the finances, but um, that's what I uh, plan. That's my personal opinion, but especially in terms of the technology, I think XR, it's really powerful on across all fields. XR without AI is not even imaginable. XR without IoT is not even uh, imaginable. If you you develop some kind of hardware like haptic feedbacks, for example, we tried uh, creating or prototyping our own haptic feedback suits that you can wear while you play or visit this kind of historical places. We designed the hardware out of a um, uh, a massage machine and we tried, uh, like, getting some components, like the vibrate, the vibrator motors, and programmed it in a way that we want. But if we just pitch it to an investor, probably this product could also be one uh, uh, saleable item from Africa. It could be, I, I know uh, there are some haptic feedback makers, uh, suit makers in China and also Europe, especially in U.S. as well. So I want to take a Chinese Chinese as a good example in terms of the technology focus. When U.S. focuses on fuel technology, they were focusing on solar technology. Now you can just see most places are solar powered. So in terms of the technology aspect, uh, they are advancing a lot of things in solar technology. If you come to the blockchain, they are not currently using Bitcoin for uh, regular bank transactions, but they are the one who mines a lot of those coins Uh, in terms of uh, high-level advanced machines like supercomputers. They tried uh, creating their own codes, like we said, uh, I think for an American standard, it's ASCII codes. For the Chinese, there is also another sort of uh, machine-level programming or uh, standard they came up with. So they are using their own language on their own technology to advance it and use it for their own community. So I think for Africa, that is also a good example. It's not like competing, but that's what we require, not to depend on uh, a lot of US and European or any Chinese companies. We have to stand and focus on which technology could lead us or make us like uh, powerful in terms of uh, utilizing for the mass population. So that's my insight. Thanks.
1: Cool, cool. Any thoughts, comments for that? Yeah, and I I, I really think, yeah, this is a great event. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot from Uh, from from you guys and from all the sharings. And now I can see like Africa is a really, really like, you know, like before I knew as far as I know, like study from the history that a lot of countries like in the past, they colonized Africa, right? Because Africa has a lot of good uh, natural resource. Yeah, and then right now I can see like a lot of, um, yeah, um, a lot of, um, you know, like, um, infrastructure happening in Africa and also you know hu- human resource. So yeah so I think yeah definitely yeah Africa has not only natural resource but also human resource happening and growing in Africa. So yeah so mm, yeah, any other uh, thoughts, comments or feedback or anyone wants to uh, you know make extra um, kind of like feedback, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, have, I, learned, I learned a lot. I just learned a lot. I didn't, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that I don't have a lot of stuff to input, but yeah,
7: I learned a lot. I have a question yeah. um, that I'd like to pose to the panel. So my name is Tracy. I'm based in the United States and I actually work with children, teaching them um, VR and coding. So, you know, I think about all of the tools that we have available that I work with, with students and mm-hmm. helping them. And primarily those tools are in English. And we also have a like developmental philosophy of when I'm working with very young kids, when I'll introduce them to virtual reality, what tools they'll they'll use, and then how they will get internships and work at Google and all those other places. So what I have two questions. My first one is wondering um, that through this kind of pandemic time, what type of, uh, you know, everyone switched to remote learning. And so they had to switch infrastructure. I'm wondering, were there any benefits um, that we saw in ver- in various African countries of more successfully making that switch? And can that give us some models of thinking of how we can distribute the learning and teaching of these new technologies? Um, because we did a lot around mixed reality and using um, our VR know, our cubes and all of that to extend learning, not as much as we would have hoped, but that seems like a possibility. um, In a different structure we're here in the US, you have to fight a lot with traditional learning modes. People don't want to give up certain structures, but if that's not a barrier in many African countries. It's an opportunity for us to go in and teach in different ways. So I'm wondering if there are any practices that you that you see are hopeful for those of us who really are interested more in working with children. We work with children here, but I would love the opportunity to to go to an, an African country and and teach.
0: Okay, um, Tracy, thank you for your question there, um, and it's really. Um, pleasing to hear what you've you know managed to do um, over the you know the pandemic during the lockdowns with the children. Um, just speaking from uh, personal experience, so my family back in Ghana they, they have a, a private school um, outside of the capital and obviously I have family members who you know young, have young children that are in school. Um, from that those experiences, I have not heard of VR, um, I keep talking about VR, I'm really sorry, XR being used um, in like during the, the, the remote learning. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've heard about it being used in terms of, you know, um, gaming and, and that, that side of things with the young children. But I, I can't imagine definitely in, in Ghana there being mass adoption of it being used in an educational point of view, because as as you're aware, you know, when the pandemic hit last year, um, schools had to do a lot to just transition from traditional teaching into remote learning. And, you know, there's a divide between um, uh, state schools, let's say, and and private schools, you know, and having the resources uh, to do that. So, but I think what the pandemic has um, taught, you know, um, educational institutions, is how um, uh, readily the, the the young children adopted to online and remote learning. You know, so so the rate at which they went from a classroom environment to Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and you know. And, and how ease, at ease they've become with the remote learning. I think that's, that's what um, gives great comfort and um, you know, potential for the future. Um, so just as you know, we've gone from traditional classroom environment to remote learning, I think the leap then from you know, the, the Zooms and the Microsoft Teams to using a VR, especially for those gamers, um, you know, th- that generation, will will not be a huge leap so um, i don't know i'll let daniel and arome and others talk but even if the um immersive technologies have not been used in earnest um during the lockdown in terms of remote education i think that the adoption once you know the infrastructure and once the you know the the all, all the technologies are in place the tools will be quite rapid so I'm sure that you know, your services will be greatly um, appreciated once you know, um, this adoption, but there's been so much that the schools have had to deal with in terms of um, transitioning to remote learning and then making sure that you know, the, the, the environment is, the schools are COVID safe. And then we went to testing and now there's talk of vaccines There's so much that um, they've had to, you know, uh, teachers and uh, senior management in schools have had to grapple with that, you know, to add something where in some cases people won't have the the tools to do, you know, the the learning with the VR, uh, with the uh, extended reality um, technologies. Yeah, I think, so that's the experience, but definitely I think the adoption moving forward will be rapid.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you for everyone's sharing. I, I think uh, we all learned a lot, um, you know, like uh, a lot of stuff from Africa. And then, yeah, I think Africa right now is like, I feel exciting for Africa that everything is going on. I know it's still, you know, like, um, um, need more like infrastructure uh, building, but I think since human resource and all the resource right now is in Africa, I feel like really excited for all the new stuff happening there. And then any other thoughts, comments, and the feedback you wanna share related to XR in Africa or anything else like related to XR? Any thoughts, comments? Yeah, feel free to share. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just saw Kevin uh, share uh, XR um, conference, um, a free virtually. Kevin, do you want to unmute uh, yourself and share with everyone what's the event is about?
8: Hi. Yes. Uh, thanks for having us, Dominique. Always a pleasure. I just, yeah, I wanted to share this. This is a virtual event. So you'll be like in a metaverse environment and they'll have we have speakers, but they they do recording. So if you missed anything, don't worry. I uh, have been attending and it's been phenomenal, but it's mostly XR and education. and It's all different speakers from all over the world. It's quite, uh, you know, um, exciting. And, and as we know, with the fact that pre-pandemic, a lot of this would have been, you know, it took another 10 years to implement some of these uh, technologies. But now with the immersive learning, being kind of forced on the world with the pandemic, it's definitely shifted the mindset. So a lot of the things that I'm hearing, especially discussions around how education is being viewed, a lot of these companies are being um, showcased here at this conference. So if you get a chance, sign up, um, it's still going on and you can go at your uh, convenience. A lot of these talks are, um, there's a schedule um, you might want to look and see what time zone, uh, you know, for your preference, because a lot of these I don't catch, so they're, they're kind of like way earlier than I would want to attend, but they are um, on YouTube, so you can see um, some of the past ones, but they're phenomenal. Some of these discussions that we're having from Africa, XR in Africa to XR in like South America. There's a, there's quite a different presentation, so just wanted to share that with everybody. If you want to jump in and um, you know enjoy, maybe I'll see you there inside uh, the the that little virtual environment that they have. But thanks, Dominic, for having this and all the speakers. It's been phenomenal.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, for for me, I think uh, I I really like to, you know, like uh, for me. Um, kind of like meetups and events and for me I've been doing this for probably around two years and then yeah every Saturday I told myself um, yeah I I need to you know start learning something new because I feel like you know every day we're just doing a lot of stuff every day and I want something um, you know inputs and it's great opportunity because before actually when I think last year I was doing in person. Uh, so everything is so limited. Uh, in California, in Santa Monica, if someone couldn't drive to Santa Monica, then yeah, we couldn't really have the event because of the location. I remember before I even invite somebody in New York. Yeah, and, and we were talking about maybe live streaming, da, 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 but it just like, you know, I have to book a room and I have to uh, rent a projector and project him on the wall and people need to come and I need to buy pizza, right? So, yeah, it's just like, a, it's so hard to do the, right now I start realize that, you know, online event, um, you know, during COVID, uh, I saw a lot of online events, so I start trying and I find out that, you know, like online event actually bring everyone together. You see like Joyce is in London, Daniel is, you know, and Aaron, two of you are in Africa. So it's amazing that we can all, together and talk about and share all our thoughts together. I find out that actually COVID is not limited people, right? It's kind of make my life unlimited just through the technology, right? So I think that right now everyone is start exploring like for example, like I think uh, online conference or online meeting is a hot topic and especially AR VR can definitely enhance. For example, like, um, you know, like a team viewer right now they have, they add the VR the, the AR stuff into uh, the the software. And also, you see, like all the um, entre- enterprise, they are uh, doing a lot of AR VR integration. Yesterday, I just saw a news. There's a, a software called Arkea, AR, Arkeo, or something. It's like, uh, hold on a second, <laughs> I have to make sure that uh, Arkeo. Okay, so AR. K I O. Okay, let me share with you uh, this, this very interesting uh, software. This allows people to jump into VR and also like it's cross platform is super useful and it integrates with all the, uh, you know, 3D softwares. So you can build, share and you can, some people can even, you know, use iPad or phone, you know, Android phone, iOS phone, computer, you know and 3D space, AR space you know, and different software like Rhino, SketchUp, you know, you can also edit, import and, you know, collaborate. So I I think, you know, like in this, um, like through so XR, the, the world will definitely has another flavor, another layer for it. And especially for Africa, Africa is, we all know that there are so many unknown resources. just like Daniel said that you know, like a lot of untold story is there, right? As you see like Europe, America, we, we, I feel like there's like all the story has been told over and over again, right? And all the movies, big bus, like big movies and they got reshoot again and again. There's no, not many like fresh or new stories, right? And right now I watch like Netflix before I always watch, you know, like uh, mainstream movies but because COVID I started watching a lot of really exotic, I would say other countries, um, TV shows like Korea, right? And also like uh, Thai, like recently I I watched a a TV show called uh, A Girl's From Nowhere, A Girl From Nowhere. That is super cool. It's like a dastard, like a a girl from like a a Satan's uh, daughter who killed the bad person or who punished the bad guy. Yeah, that is um, a Thai, Thailand uh, video uh, movie or TV shows. So I find out that the world start, you know, I start receiving a lot of very cool, like besides mainstream stuff. Yeah, I, I know that I'm so limited. I, yeah, I live in USA for, for over 13 years. So I feel like my, my, my world is really limited just by looking at all the news uh, and it's all focusing on um, on USA, so I'm so happy that today uh, I learned a lot for Africa and I, I'm really happy that, yeah, those um, three, three speakers and a lot of audience, we kind of like, you know, um, brainstorming and also discussing about the future for Africa. Yeah, any thoughts, comments for the event, feedback? The last call, anything wanna mention?
0: I just want to say thank you um thank you for bringing us all together and the opportunity to meet everyone on 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 this uh zoom meeting it's just you know I, I, you've said it all that the um uh, flexibility and the connectedness i think i saw in the chat um mm-hmm. it's awesome it's like the sum of you know all our different locations and then some you know it's greater than our individual um, you know, contributions, so I I hope that we can all stay connected, um, I've put my LinkedIn for those who, who are not connected on LinkedIn, and I think, you know, Dom, you mentioned about brainstorming, um, yeah, you know, we're all learning, I think you said I wanted to jump in at the point when you said, you know, that this is all new, it's all new for, for us all, I think either Daniel or Arome said, you know, um, it's 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 a, an emerging technology right and so we're all learning and that's that's what keeps me excited um, because i love learning and i love new um technologies so everybody just keep doing what you're doing um by us being here we are raising awareness you know i've learned um you know something from each and everybody that's contributed on, on the panel or asked the questions it's just enriched the whole learning So thanks to everyone
1: yeah, yeah. Any anyone wanna jump in and uh, having some feedback or last last call? Right now it's last call. Yeah. Any thoughts,
5: comments? Uh, uh, I just want to say that as an XR newbie, I'm still learning and uh, and it's my first meetup. I got to learn a lot. Uh, what's going around the world and yeah, it was nice meeting you all in the panel. And as it was my first time, yeah, it was so. Uh, so exciting to learn many things and thanks to Dominiki for inviting me and uh, making me get to know that like there are many resources to learn and it's not just the books and yeah it's also by uh, like learning from other people what are their thoughts what are their opinions and yeah that's it thanks thanks for inviting me to this meetup and yeah thanks to the panel that I got to learn a lot. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Just like you said, that, um, yeah, I think the best way of learning everything is just jumping and doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we plan a lot. Or we think, oh, we are not ready. But once you jump in, you find mm-hmm. out that actually the more you show up, you just keep showing up. Like uh, right now, I have like a Monday to Friday. A lot mm-hmm. of people just say, Don, you should do like once a month or like once a week. And I I told people that, no, I'm going to do, actually before was Monday to Sunday, Mm -hmm. every morning, nine o'clock to 9.20. Uh, Yeah, that's my style. I was like, I'm more like, yeah, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And even though I don't know how to host anything, I don't Mm -hmm. know before, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to, you know, pronounce correctly or with Mm -hmm. a good accent in English. Mm -hmm. It's because Mm -hmm. I just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. And the more I show up, I become better and better. So Mm -hmm. I would say that if you really want to, you know, join or learn any XR stuff,
7: Mm -hmm.
1: I I, I always tell my student, download Unity or, you know, Unreal today. Mm -hmm. And Blender, you know, Mm -hmm. Maya is too expensive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like download the free software and start Mm -hmm. building things. You don't have to, you know, like, oh yeah, I need to wait. Yeah, I I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people just like, I want to wait, I want to, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think Mm -hmm. just do it and, and know how suck you are, you know, just feel good about all the suck. And sometimes I will plan like, oh, after three months, I want to achieve that level. But actually, it takes two Mm -hmm. to three times of your, your personal expectation, because sometimes we think we think we are much better than who we are right now. So yeah, Yeah. we need to double or triple the time and, Mm -hmm. you know, slowly, once you start building something and you start feel confidence and you Mm -hmm. just keep showing up, you don't need to worry about every failure or something. You just, you know, keep showing up and enjoy all the failure or all the, (laughs) (laughs) how stuck I am. And then, The more you do it, the better Mm. you will be. Yeah, so that's how I learned everything. Thanks
5: for pushing me and pushing me and getting into all this stuff. Yeah, thanks, Dominique. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so any
1: thoughts, comments, last call? Anyone want to share anything?
4: Okay, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a great um, moment to co-share and to co-learn with every one of us. Like we all have said, we are all learning. This is a an emerging technology. Um, I believe we, uh, we just need to keep tabs open with uh, with each other, and um, we'll just be fine. Thank you for putting this up, Dominique. Thank you.
1: Cool. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, I I wish this is just the beginning. And. Uh, yeah, I would say maybe once in a while I will have another Africa panel or, you know, Asian panel. I mean, I'm Asian. I haven't really <laughs> I, I, I joined one of the Africa event and another one is this one. This is my second one uh, of like Africa panel, but I haven't joined yeah. any or host any <laughs> Asian event. Maybe I will host like different continent because I find out that, Um, The the, the good thing and bad thing about America is that we are too focused on the news in America. This is good and bad at the same time. So we don't know about the world and we are so self-centered. If you are in America, you feel good about yourself for no reason. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, this is very interesting. So yeah, so yeah, so I... I really um, appreciate like um, every, uh, today we have so many, you know, a lot of new inputs and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and let's keep, keep building things and keep, yeah, and all the, um, yeah, and I wish everyone can, you know, learn stuff. I know everyone has its path, have its goal, and I wish everyone good luck with all your, you know, stuff and careers and uh, yeah, thank you. Okay, so yeah, so, okay. So yeah, thank you. everyone, do you wanna say something? Uh,
3: thank you. Yeah, thank no, you no, very thank much. You
1: yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm, bye-bye.
2: Great. Bye-bye everyone.
1: Bye-bye.